Hey, welcome to episode 83 of Motherhood in Hollywood. Today, we're going to be talking about the Women's March, Hollywood and feminism. We've got a, a wonderful guest today who was actually at the march in Washington. She's also an actress and a host, and you guessed it, a mama. She has some wonderful things to say about why she marched. But first, I want to talk to you guys about our sponsor. The show's sponsor is Olin Organic. Go to olinorganic.com right now. They have the most beautiful clothes for kids two and under. What's great about Olin Organic is that all of the clothes are made of 100% certified organic cotton. That means none of the clothes have any chemicals or dyes or things that might be harmful to your kids. What a relief, right? Those are a lot of things that are typically are found in a typical baby clothes. So I know I was excited when I heard about Olin Organic. Go to Olin Organic right now. Check out their beautiful selection of modern sleek clothes for your babies. They have pajamas. They have bibs. They have onesies. Just absolutely beautiful clothes. OlinOrganic.com. And when you go and check out with your purchase, type in the code MIH10 and you'll get 10% off your order from Motherhood in Hollywood and Olin Organic. Come on, Mama. Grab your popcorn and goobers. It's time for Motherhood in Hollywood with your host, Heather Brooker. This is a crude prude's perspective on being a full-time mom in showbiz. She's not a perfect mom but she can play one on TV. Hold on to your butts, here's Heather. Hey friends, so we have a lot to talk about today, so I'm gonna keep the jibber jabber to a minimum as much as I can. For those of you who listen to the show, you know that is a challenge for me. Um, it uh, We are slowly getting back into the swing of things here. It's almost February, it's almost Valentine's Day, and I just realized the other day that I'm going to London soon, so I need to get my business together and start like planning for this trip. I have no idea where to go. I mean, it's been ages since I've been, and um, I've obviously never been with a three-year-old before, so this will be a lot of fun. And I think there's going to be some challenges. So I'm right now. I'm kind of reading about, you know, um, how to survive a ten-hour flight with a three-year-old. You know things to keep her busy, but also while we're there, like getting her adjusted to the sleep difference, you know, the time change and what can we do? Where can we go eat? What are some London kid-friendly restaurants to go to and shows? And so anyway, if you have any suggestions or tips or ideas of what I need to be on the lookout for while we're in London, I would love to hear them. Also kind of want to go to Paris for the day, but I'm hearing mixed reviews. Like some people say it's not worth it if you can only go for a day um, it's, you know, it deserves its own week kind of thing. Well, of course, obviously, but who knows when we'll be able to go back to London. So would love to hear everybody's input on that. If you want to tweet at me, I love it. It makes me happy. Uh, my pod, my podcast, my Twitter is at MIH podcast. I want to do a couple of mom mentions real quick to Scott Kyle at Scott J Kyle one. Looks like he is an actor on Outlander. Well, good for you. Oh my God, you guys Outlander. Oh, can we talk about that show for a second? I cannot wait for it to come back. I am a total nerd and I read all those books years ago um, when Chris and I first got married. Like that's how long ago these books came out and I read them all and I was so excited when I heard they were making a TV show about it. It's on Showtime. It does not disappoint. If you're not watching Outlander with a glass of wine in your hand, you need to be doing that. 
It is my decompression um, time. That's for sure. Uh, I want to say hello to at uh, Mommy Lauren. Thank you. At We Village and at Pro J Motherhood. I think that's Pro J Motherhood. Allison Cooper and Travel Oddities. Oh, well, there's some travel. There we go. Oh, it's a podcast, Travel Odd Pod. Oh, that's cool, guys. Thanks for following me over on Twitter at MIH Podcast. There's a lot of activities happening in my world. I'm mostly on Instagram these days. Take a minute and find me there, Motherhood in Hollywood. Also, we're going to be doing live Facebooks every week. Every Thursday at this point is what I'm aiming for. Talking about hot topics um, that I don't uh, always cover in the podcast. We're going to be covering some things there. But more importantly, we're going to be doing weekly giveaways. Oh, yeah. Free stuff from Heather to you. You're welcome. I hope you guys are having a wonderful week. I want to get to my guests now that I have rambled longer than I intended to. (sighs) My guest this week is my friend Laura Nickerson. She's a very talented host and actress, and she's also a mom to two boys. And I wanted to talk with her because she actually attended the Women's March in Los Angeles. And I was really curious to have a discussion with her about Hollywood and uh, particularly actresses and our role in feminism, in our role in politics, and, you know, how we as artists have a voice. So, you know, some people say we shouldn't, you know, actors and celebrities shouldn't speak out for their causes because we're just here to do a job and, you know, just entertain. Uh, while other people say that we should be using our platform, if you will, um, for change and for to to share our voice. Uh, I would love to know what you guys think. Do you like to hear from celebrities? Do you like to hear it when actors um, like Meryl Streep's getting up at the Golden Globes a few weeks back? Um, was that something you thought was unnecessary? Did, were you cheering her on? I uh, would love to hear from everybody on that. So if you want to find me on um, Facebook or on Twitter, Instagram, wherever you want to find me, or even, hey, my website, motherhoodandhollywood.com, would love to hear from you. So uh, here is my interview with Laura. She had a lot of wonderful things, really sets the scene for us of what it was like to be at the Women's March in Washington, D.C. Here's Laura Nickerson. So I'm super excited for this episode because I get to talk to one of my good friends. Laura Nickerson is on the show today. Hi, Mama. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm good. I know we were just chatting about how busy you are and how busy (laughs) we both are because we are super fabulous um, and hustling mamas. You, as a matter of fact, are a host, a producer, an actress. Uh, there's a lot of things you have going on in the works in particular mom buster. Tell me a little bit about that. That's right. Um, I love all these titles, by the way, they make <laughs> me feel very special. Yes. <laughs> uh, right now what I'm doing is working on a show called the mom buster, which is basically the parenting version of Mythbusters. So I do this video series where I take parenting myths which is hard to say, mythist and parenting obnoxious advice and blog posts and products. And I test if they're actually as cool as they say or doable or if they're busted. And what have you found so far? Because the one (laughs) I saw, the first one I saw was with the um, forehead thermometer. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I have that. (laughs) Um, I was like, I have that. I need to see this and see if it actually works. And I actually watched your video before I opened ours to try it out. So, 
That's so cool. I love that because I, I generally, I'm not a super mom. Like, let's just get that out there in the open. I don't, I'm not crafty. I don't spend a lot of time volunteering at my kids' schools. You know, I, I'm a middle of the road mom. So when it comes to things like this, testing products, I'm not coming from the, I can do everything in its perfect angle. And so for that thermometer in particular, it's a non-touch thermometer that you just hold up to your kids' heads. And I had one of these old snotty, like ear thermometers with the little caps, you know, that went through two boys and it was so gross. And then they learned how to use it to like shoot those little things as a gun. And, (laughs) you know, so I, I really, I didn't expect that that would work, but when it worked and it worked really well, I was totally blown my mind. Now I'm like, somebody get sick so I can take your temperature. So I can test this out. <laughs> I, yeah, I couldn't wait. Actually, I was uh, chanting. I was like, oh, are you feeling warm? You're a little warm. Let me, let me just point this <laughs> out your forehead. Let me just test this out. Let's um, get a base thermometer read here. Right. Um, yeah. But I think what I like is the overall idea of, of it. And also I love that you're so engaging. Like you are genuinely very natural on camera and very funny and it makes it easy to watch because it's real awkward watching some people on camera and you're like what you're making me uncomfortable I'm not gonna buy whatever you're talking about or pitching or whatever but um you're really you you're so comfortable is hosting something you have always done or or where is this um coming from this talent my, my talent? Well, um, <laughs> no, I actually started out as an actress and I did a lot of musical theater, which I still love and adore and will quote you lyrics from every musical ever if you ask me to. And um, no so one's asking. Quote, Keep moving, lady. No one's yeah, asking. Dang it. Dang it. <laughs> There goes that dream. I'm not biting. No. <laughs> Speaking of dreams, I dreamed it. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, Lord. Um, no, so I did that for a long time and. It was, it's funny because I, people ask me this all the time. How did I switch into hosting? And it kind of came because someone had sort of screwed me over for this dance job. And so they gave me this hosting job instead just to make me feel better, which I was mortified. I thought, you know, I can't do this. It's horrible. I'm a terrible host. But um, I think I kind of had one of those growing up female moments where I started to realize that who I was as a person was interesting and valuable. Mm-hmm. And before, when you're acting, you're kind of running away from who you are. You're always putting on a different personality. Hosting is about really liking who you are and not being afraid to share that with people. So it's a very vulnerable feeling. And also and, with acting too, you're you're told that you're not really valuable in the process. Like there's, a, <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, truthfully, you're literally the lowest man on the totem pole as an actor. Mm-hmm. Like nobody asks mm-hmm. your opinion. <laughs> no, anything. they want you to show up and not mess things up and not basically. screw up. Yep, pretty yeah. much. Don't uh, cost them any money. So there's something yeah, a little ho- more empowering about hosting, huh? Well, I think I have, um, first of all, I just got to own my own persona, which I, I like. And I think that's a big key to me being a good host mm-hmm. is that I like, I like who I am or I like my flaws enough that I don't care. Right. Uh, so that's great. And then once that came along and I started not only hosting more, which felt natural, but also there's just so much more to offer, I think, in this last 10 years as far as content is concerned. There wasn't – hosting used to be like Vanna White and spokesmodels. I mean yeah. that was, <laughs> that was a totally different thing. You know, Now everybody needs a host or they need a face for their video or their product or their whatever. And um, 
so it's really kind of taken off at all at the right time. And the feel for what people want is different too. You know, they want you to be funny or engaging or likable. They don't want you to be perfect and oh, hi, I'm, you know, Joanne and I use this amazing product. Yeah, yeah. It's a different feel, which has fit me very well because, you know, somewhere after having two kids and them all throwing up on me all night, I stopped mm-hmm. giving a crap and that helped a lot. That is a very, having kids is a very um, also empowering kind of thing because you start going, wait a minute, why do I give two shits what <laughs> people think? I don't because now I have a higher, I have a higher calling, if you will. Yeah. Um, so or I'm too tired to care. Yeah. And I'm too tired to care. That's why we're doing this interview audio only right now <laughs> because Girl. neither mm. one of us wanted to do hair and makeup, Mm-mm. even Mm-mm. though I don't think either one of us would care what the other one looked like. We've, we're still just like, meh. You know what, though? I found out on the Mom Buster, I've started filming myself with no makeup on, which really? is very scary Why? for a female Why in this business. Because I, I, I know a lot of pe- women, especially, who won't go on video unless they look perfect. And then what happens is you don't do it. Yeah. You don't film because, oh, I look bad today or I'm fat or blah, blah, blah. You know, everybody has their thing. And I started realizing that what was important really was what I was saying and what I was showing and my opinion and not really so much how I looked. And I didn't want that to hold me back anymore from from creating content that I think is engaging and interesting. But don't you think, though, because the business we're in is such a physically driven business that there's almost a part of it where you have to look a certain part and, and, and be done up a certain way. Because truthfully, there's a lot of things I need to film and, and, you know, put myself on camera for too, but I don't because I'm always like, Oh, I don't want to put on all this makeup. I don't want to, you know, I feel like I have to have a different shirt every time. <laughs> Cause I don't totally. want people to go that bitch wore that shirt three pictures ago or whatever. Um, but there's Absolutely. a lot of pressure to look a certain way and carry yourself a certain way in this industry. Can I swear on this show, by the way? 100%. I do constantly. So fuck that. That's what I say. (laughs) Fuck that. I'm so over that whole vibe for women in Hollywood and us saying, oh, I can't age and I can't look good and I have to be this and I have to be that. You know what? If all of us just said fuck that Mm -hmm. and started just acting like dudes do and doing our best and not caring so much and showing who we were and what our talents are and not so much how we looked – we wouldn't have to hold up to that standard anymore, but we all just have to sort of join together and say, fuck that. I totally agree. And I, I, I think it's going to be some time before all of Hollywood is on board with that. Sure. Uh, you know, it's, it's certainly a, it's, we're definitely taking steps in the right direction. There's a lot more like-minded women who are saying, no, I'm just going to do, I'm going to be me. I'm going to do what I do. And then you can get on board. Um, or not, whatever. Well, I mean, I look at these women who are, they're so scalpeled and Botox and cut and pasted. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're putting, it's, it doesn't look like it's pa- a human it looks anymore. Painful. No, it looks painful to me. Um, yeah. It, and I have a hard time because I don't want to judge, be judgy because it's like, look, yeah. if, if that makes you happy, if that makes you feel more complete, if you want to get a little Botoxy toxy, I have friends who are who are as young and beautiful as I am and still do that stuff. And I'm like, why you're gorgeous. Why do you do that? You're 23, whatever. Like, why do you do that? It's just the pressure they feel. And if it makes them feel better, that's fine. But it's frustrating when people feel like they have to do that in order to get work. That's where I start to go. That's horseshit. You shouldn't have to do that. Absolutely. And I agree with you. I'm not judging anybody for doing whatever the heck they want. I want 
both genders, all genders, to be able to do what they need to do to feel great. I just want us as women to look at this in a bigger way and say, wait a minute, I'm value, my value is not just on how I look. My value is actually on what I can do or who I am as a human or how kind I am or how giving I am. I mean, all of those things matter so much more than how we look. So if we started showing that more and caring a little, just a little less and not you know, hiding ourselves behind I look good or I don't, Think of what we would open up for the world. I think it's on its way, but yeah, you're right. It may be a little while until people catch up and we'll be dead by then. So whatever. <laughs> so whatever. We'll be out of here. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, we're talking about women and, and um, I want to bring up the march, the women's march you went to, because mm. one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you today is because you actually went to the women's march in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. And I would love to hear, first of all, why you went and um, what it was like. What was the feeling like when you were there? Oh, it was amazing. I First of all, I went because my mother was big in the feminist uh, women's movement in the 70s. And I grew up with that conversation my whole life. So my mother had bought tickets to go see Hillary <laughs> get inaugurated. <laughs> so she was one of the ones did. that had a Hillary ticket, huh? Totally. And when obviously, you know, the apocalypse happened, <laughs> then uh, she she heard about the march and decided to go. And she said, do you want to come? And I thought it took me about five seconds to say, yeah, I want to come. <laughs> so I bought a ticket and as my own special birthday treat. And I went with my mother and her sister and her sister's high school friend who had been to more marches in the 60s and 70s than all of us combined. Wow. And my cousin. And we went as five women, two generations, to go and just have a voice. You know, people kept asking beforehand, why are you, what are you trying to say? You don't like Trump? Well, too bad for you. He's in. Right. And that's a fair enough thing to say. And I think the point that the reason I went anyway, besides to show my two young, white, privileged boys, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that women have value, that we have uh, a say in this world, and that mom is going to represent what I think is a woman choosing what she needs to represent in this community. I also uh, wanted to go and say to the new administration, we won't hide and cower behind you. We will speak up. We are a giant community that is now becoming more and more organized and together, and we will fight for the things that we deserve, and we will not be bullied. So going just for those reasons, I think, meant a lot, and I think it also gave people a way to to voice some of this emotional dread that we're all feeling, yeah. <laughs> which is, oh, wow, what else can you take away from us? Great. Um, so that's why that's why I went in the first place. People are genuinely, um, you know, uh, nervous. And I say, well, I don't want to like generalize because, you know, I'm from Oklahoma originally and, Mm. um, a lot of my friends and family back home, um, are Trump supporters. They Mm -hmm. don't like, they don't think he's great, but they, they, they held the, um, argument that they just didn't want Hillary, which is stupid to me. (laughs) Um, but, um, uh, they, 
don't agree with him, but they, they also certainly didn't understand why a lot of women were marching. They thought that it was very much, um, and they think they still, you know, cause there's still a lot of things happening, but they think that it's very much, um, sore losers, yeah. people who are upset because, uh, Trump lost and they don't understand the larger ramifications of having someone in office who is so, who has made so many comments and his actions have seemed to be so against women the you know mm-hmm. um what do you say to people who you know how would you defend that i mean i don't want to say defend because then it's not like i feel like you have to defend yourself but what do you mm-hmm. how do you counterpoint that when people say well, you know what's the big deal why are you marching do you think it's going to help you know it's not going to change yeah. anything well like i said i think it's about coming together as a group as women we have not been that great about that And I've seen many generations of this. We started with the suffragettes. We started with, you know, mobilizing these groups to get accomplishments. All of these things in the 70s that they protested against, the Equal Rights Amendment, um, you know, the Lilly Ledbetter, which finally, you know, that came over with Obama. But uh, really, we have been fighting against ourselves on a couple of issues as far as the feminist movement is concerned. And one of those issues is abortion. That's a big, you know, polarizing. That tends to be a very follow-along religious line. So, of course, that, you know, women are going to see it both sides. And I think another one of them is, um, you know, a lot of women don't want to change their lifestyle. They don't want to be the breadwinner. They feel like they have to be something that they don't want to be if they get these freedoms. And, you know, my hope now is that we can look at this bigger picture and say, it's not just women, it's anyone who doesn't have representation in government. Mm -hmm. It's any group that's voice is not being heard or represented equally with all the other voices. We as women now, you know, we're 51% of the population. I mean, theoretically, we could storm the Capitol like the Hunger Games (laughs) and just take over, you know, really. Let's do it. Let's go. But, uh, you know, we have to kind of come together on that kind of stuff. And and I think that there's a whole generation of women who grew up not understanding how fragile these rights really were. I mean, if you look at – I'm sorry. I, I'm a huge feminist. I could talk about this forever, so please shut me up. But <laughs> No, this is why I wanted to have you on because I know you have very passionate feelings about it. So this is good. All the feels. I do. All the feels. All the, I'm going to feel it. But, I mean, even my, um, my mother-in-law, when she – her husband divorced her. Back in, I don't know, like late 70s and early 80s. And uh, she could not, after he left, she could not get uh, the DWP in her own name in her apartment where she had to move to. And she had to pay more money just to get an account in her own name. My mother could not get a credit card in her own name. This is when I was a child. This is not that long ago. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really good that that a younger generation of voters grow up knowing that rights are fragile. They are something you need to fight for. And the hope behind the beginning of this movement, which is what the march was, is to make everybody aware and to give a voice to our Senate, to our Congress, to our president, not that he's going to listen, but to everybody else around him, that you can't just take things away from us and we're just going to sit down and say, okay, well, that's fine, Mr. President, whatever you want, because we're not. Um, I have had lots of talks with my own mom about this and it's so funny because my mom grew up in the same era as your mom did, mm-hmm. but, um, cause we are, I believe this almost the same age. Um, yeah. and 25. Yeah, yeah totally. Absolutely. Yeah. And, um, my mom has a completely different viewpoint. She is very conservative. She mm-hmm. totally believes that 
the ideal situation is the woman at home cooking rearing the children, providing uh, a stable home life for the husband and that sort of thing. It's a very archaic view. Mm-hmm. And I, I constantly am arguing with her about it. And I'm like, this mm-hmm. is insane. This is not what every woman wants. Some women want to work. And she's like, well, why would you want to work? <laughs> and I'm just like, Oh Lord. Do you um, know how ungrateful children can be? Right? I'm I want just, like, just oh. that to define wh- whether or not I did I a good job in my life. <laughs> it's so, I know it's so, so I, I know it and I know she's not alone. I know her little yeah. church, church lady friends and everybody, they all feel the same way. Um, but you know what I think, honestly, there's nothing wrong with that. No, I, it's just if a that makes you happy to stay yeah. home and not work and raise your kids and, and get your husband that martini at the end of the day, if that's what you <laughs> like and that works for your family, that's great. That's fantastic. Do that. But don't tell me what I need to do. If right. You, if I like working or if my husband likes to be home with the kids or if we part-time job, like whatever combination of family economy and childcare works best for your family is what you should be able to do. And that's the only thing that people are fighting for, which is the right to choose what works best for you in your own home. I don't see why that body, all of it. What's that? Yeah. Your body, your your body and everything. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. It, the, go ahead. I was just going to say, believe what you want and do what you want. I am happy to support whatever choices work best for you. Just also return the respect and let me choose for myself. I loved seeing all of the marches. I loved seeing everybody coming together. And I mean, in such a powerful way all over the country. Um, And I, what I kept thinking was in my own mind, and this is just my own like jaded news, you know, background is I kept thinking, it's not going to matter. He's not going to change his mind on anything. You know, there were, and I say it's not going to matter and not in terms of like women coming together and all of that stuff. But I kept thinking like he's going to ignore it. He's not going to change your mind. If anything, it may spurn him on to be even more nuts and make even more ridiculous policies. But then I had to stop and remind myself that it's more about the grassroots level of these women who are setting examples for young boys, mm-hmm. for um, other men. And mm-hmm. the men who are marching alongside the women, because we can, you know, say, join us, be on our side, like fight with us. Like, we, you know, we got to stand up for women. But I honestly feel like if men don't hear it and want to support us in that way, it almost feels like we're still just fighting an uphill battle. Does that make any or, sense? Yeah, it, it absolutely does. Um, I think, though. Yeah, you're right. Trump isn't going to change his mind about anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then most of his supporters won't either. And that's OK. Uh, but we will also be voting in a lot of the uh, Congress in two years. Yeah. And in those two years, we can go from people who were dispassionate to people who are passionately voting for what they believe. And I think that's that's one of the goals, in my opinion. Um, the march itself, if you had been there, it was the most incredible experience I have had of human people in my life. It was over. And they say they don't, can't count it. I was there. It, it was probably easily a million people. I mean, it was, we spilled out of the entire city. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we got there and the subways and the, this, and we, you know, the porta potties, God knows there were porta potties everywhere, which I really appreciated <laughs> women's March. Right. Hello. Um, <laughs> hello. But we got into one area under the jumbotron and it got impacted, like seriously impacted. And 
people were trying to get out, you know, people were getting um, claustrophobic or fainting or whatever. They were trying to get out and, and ambulances were coming through from time to time for anybody who had been, you know, whatever. Right. And at, there was a point where we literally couldn't move at all. And you were pressed completely close to the person next to you. And it was kind of a panicky feeling. Yeah. And in all of that, all day, I never once heard anyone say anything mean, not once. It was, excuse me, can I help you? Oh, you okay? Oh, I'm sorry. Please, thank you. Smiles, patience, hugs, care. I mean, it was beautiful, a beautiful vibe. And you know how those things can go. They can get, even at the best of circumstances, you can get, you know, gripey or tired. We were on our feet for over six hours. You know, people can go in any direction. It still doesn't mean they're not a good person. I didn't see one of those. And we stood out behind this building where we couldn't see a thing for two hours waiting for to march because the the march uh, the presentation went over several hours and everybody was just sort of waiting to start marching mm-hmm. our big route, right? Right. And people are starting songs. We're singing. We're asking about where each other are from. One of the girls climbed up on a light pole and was trying to look over the top of the jumbotron to say, well, someone's talking again. Everyone's laughing. And, hey, Kathy, tell us what's going on. Okay, well, so-and-so. And finally, someone comes up with a speaker and says, there's no room to march. So we're going to go out towards uh, the mall, the Capitol Mall. We're going to we're just going to go where the inauguration was and too bad for you. And everybody just starts walking out in a calm fashion, happy, smiling, singing. I mean, it was it was incredible. Not one arrest, not one arrest. And what was it like being there with your mom? No, oh, it was so great. It was great. I, she. She was so, I mean, all the, you know, the three women of, you know, in their late sixties, they were all really patient and calm and lovely. And, and it was just kind of cool. And my cousin and I were a little like, Oh God, you know, we've never done anything like this before. I hope they were like, we do, we do this all the time. <laughs> yeah, totally. Listen here. I don't know why they sound like that, but in my mind, they're like, listen here, youngins, this is how yeah. we march. <laughs> Come here, whip snappers. I'll show you how to burn your bra. Um, <laughs> No, but I mean, it was, you know, it was a long day, but it was, it was really great. I think we all just kind of quietly felt like we were completely together in this experience, which was to say, hey, I can't just sit at home anymore and complain. I'm here. I'm sharing my voice, like it or not, support it or not, results or not. I was here and I will continue to be here. Now, you touched on this just a little bit earlier, but I want to ask you, what do you hope the takeaway is for your boys and for your Mm -hmm. husband? What do you Mm -hmm. hope that they see and learn uh, from all of this when they see that you went to march and and, in the Women's March? Well, my husband is incredibly uh, supportive and amazing and equally as feminist as I am, which it was ironically, you know, I asked this of my mom years ago who my father stayed home and worked from home when she worked back in the day for a bit of time. And everyone thought that was incredible. Oh, my gosh, your husband Mm -hmm. stayed home and took care of the kids. How crazy. (laughs) And, you know, you must be so lucky. You're so lucky you married him. And she said, I wouldn't have married him if he wasn't like that. Yeah. And I thought, yeah, we, we should expect our yeah. husbands to think we're equals, don't you think? Yeah. What a absolutely. revolutionary idea. <laughs> so my, I feel the same way about my husband. I mean, he's he's supportive. He's amazing. We co-parent. We co-work. We co-live. We are equal partners. So, you know, for him, I think he's just proud that I went. He was nervous for me, obviously, because it's kind of overwhelming to go to something like that. But for my boys, I think what I'm trying to show them 
is the example of a woman who fights for what she wants, the example of a woman who respects herself and the people around her, and an example of a woman who will not be bullied. And I hope that every time that one of their little snotty, you know, friends says to them like, oh, that's like a girl. Don't throw like a girl. You're being like, <laughs> da, da, da. I hope that they'll they'll use me as a frame of reference and say, no, nope, I think women are pretty cool. And ultimately, I think that's where we're going to see the biggest change is when young men, men all over start going, you know what? I'm not going to put up with this anymore these women have been putting up with it for far too long and they stand up and they start saying, I'm not going to let you disrespect my wife, my mother, my daughter, um, yeah. and that sort of thing. So I think it's, I think that's where we're going to see a big change. And I'm curious to see the next generation of kids. Cause it seems like the, the moms that are moms right now. Well, that's, that's a dumb thing to say. Of course, moms are still moms, even when their kids are older, but I mean, like, <laughs> while moms are with, with kids younger kids. Yeah. yeah. With younger kids right now, they are more aware, more tuned in culturally. Um, and, and always looking up, you know, parental guidance and reading articles and that sort of thing. Everybody's trying to do a better job. And I think that's where we're going to see a difference in the next generation. Because, you I know, our so. parents didn't have the internet to go and look up what to do when your kid is throwing a tantrum and, you know, <laughs> and, and know that that's a normal thing. And um, Totally. So well, I, they only knew what they saw. They yeah. only knew what was around them in their community and or how their parents parented. And then they just, you know, passed that down. Now that we can expand those views so much, mm -hmm. you have more choices about the kind of parent you want to be and about the kind of person that you want to be. I love it. Well, I enjoyed watching your pictures and, and several of our friends actually went, um, but I enjoyed yeah. watching your pictures and your video and I think it was so wonderful. I was covering it for work. So, um, I met in my mind, I was there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so thank you so much for sharing your experiences with us. And, and, um, I think it's really great. And tell me really quickly, what, where can people find you? Where can we follow all of your happenings? Okay, well, there's basically two places you can find me, um, but I would love it if you would subscribe on YouTube to The Mom Buster. Find me on Instagram, The Mom Buster, and Twitter, Facebook, The Mom Buster. Well, you get the point. Uh, and then you can also find me on any of those same places at Knickerburger, uh, which I would love for you to follow me there. But you can always, of course, just look up The Mom Buster online and you'll find me. And also, I'm going to put links to all of those places on motherhoodinhollywood.com. Laura, thank you so much for being on my show today. Thank you so much for having me. You guys have a wonderful week. And remember, I'm not a perfect mom, but I can play one on TV. Bye. Mama funny. Balls.